It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NBA fanatic basketball guru, Jay Smooth. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smooth, here we go. NBA Wednesday. You and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover two games. We're going to take a look at the Warriors and the Wizards. We're also going to go ahead and take a look at the Bulls and the Cavaliers. Not exactly your highlight games, but we do have some picks for you guys with those. I also want to talk about the Rookie of the Year. I want to talk about a team right now who's currently not in the playoffs, but I do believe that they have a chance to go ahead and make the playoffs, so we want to talk about that. Then we also want to go ahead and talk a little bit about NBA Coach of the Year. Smooth, I actually didn't watch a whole lot of basketball on Tuesday night NBA. I was actually watching a bunch of baseball. But was there anything interesting that came out of uh, Tuesday night's games? Anything you want to go ahead and touch on before we jump in all the stuff that we got here? It was a really good game between the uh, Clippers and the Blazers. Uh, I know Kawhi was out. Dame was out. uh, Nurkic was out. But uh, Carmelo had a really good game. And Paul George, who's uh, been playing well all season, he had another good game as well. And also... The uh, Knicks, they keep on rolling. Uh, I like them tonight, gave them out earlier. I think that was their 10th straight game that they covered, uh, their 7th or 8th game that they won in a row. I think they moved all the way up to the 5th spot. So Knicks keep rolling. Uh, Clippers still looking good. Uh, so I think that would be the highlights you know, from tonight's games, uh, Tuesday's games. You know, I actually thought that you were going to go ahead and lead with the Knicks because I know you gave that out pregame.com. You put that out in the forums. You tweeted that out on Twitter, you know, that you like the Knicks tonight laying the points. Obviously, we know that you're a basketball junkie, at least I know, because I, I said, Smooth, you know the last time that the Knicks won seven in a row, and you're like, you thought about it for a minute. You're like, uh, I want to say maybe it was like 2013. And I'm like, how the hell did he know that? So it was like 2013, 2014 uh, was the last time that the Knicks were actually won, you know, seven or eight games in a row. That was back when uh, Carmelo Anthony was playing. But uh, certainly, you know, the Knicks making a lot of noise right now. Big win for them. And we could probably talk a little bit about their coach as well, Tom Thibodeau, when we get to our Coach of the Year segment. But I want to go ahead. I want to start out here smooth. I want to talk about Rookie of the Year. Now, you, myself, Mackenzie Rivers, you know, we had talked about LaMelo Ball. I want to say back when he was still riding the bench and we were looking at his play and we were discussing him maybe being Rookie of the Year. And at that time, I believe his odds were somewhere around minus 180. And I kind of took a strong stance, and I said, he's going to take over for Devontae Graham. He's going to get inserted into the lineup, and I believe that he's going to end up winning Rookie of the Year. Well, you know, sure enough, you know, at the end of February, beginning of March, he really kind of took over, and it was like, you know, he was in the starting lineup. He was rolling. There were the 20-point games, the 30-point games. You know, they had some big wins against, I think, Milwaukee maybe, and maybe it was like uh, the Miami Heat. And his odds went from, like, you know, up to, like, minus 1,000. And it was like, all right, we're done with that. Can't even talk about that anymore. But then LaMelo goes out. He gets hurt, hurts his wrist. And Anthony Edwards, he comes out. He's playing well. He's balling. But the report yesterday came out that LaMelo Ball is going to come back in roughly 7 to 10 days. So he's probably going to miss another 4, 5, maybe 6 games at most. And it kind of triggered me. Let me go look at the odds again because I knew that they that they shrunk quite a bit. And when I looked at LaMelo on FanDuel last night, it was minus 300. Now, the day prior, the day that I looked, he was minus 210. 
and I strongly considered going ahead and betting that again. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll just wait. It'll be there tomorrow. And then I looked, and then it was minus 300. So I looked again tonight before we did the podcast. Lamilla Ball right now on FanDuel is minus 280. But on DraftKings, you can get him at minus 250. I feel like there's no way in hell that Edwards is going to win the Rookie of the Year. One, just take a look at Minnesota's record. Has he done great things this year? Yeah. I mean, does he have some highlight real dunks? Yeah, he does. But I think the fact that LaMelo is coming back, you know, rather quickly where it was feared that he might, you know, miss the season. But I believe a lot of the credit that Charlotte was getting was, you know, because of, you know, LaMelo playing the way that he played. He started out on the bench, came in as a rookie, ends up, you know, pushing his team up to, I would say, probably a better record than, than what most people expected. But now the fact that they're, you know, they're in that playoff chase, my feeling is that Charlotte's going to end up making at a minimum the plan that you have to give it to LaMelo. I just I just don't feel that they're and And look, I guess he can go back out and he gets hurt again, and then your ticket could become garbage. But if he just finishes out the season and Charlotte makes the playoffs, I just don't see how the hell he doesn't get it. So I don't know how you feel about him in general, but what do you feel about the minus 250? You feel like we can probably still bet that for a little bit because I have a feeling if he comes back and they win a couple games and it's like, oh, the Mellow's back, 24 points last night, eight rebounds and six assists, forget it. It's going to minus 500. It's going to minus 600. So I think there's a there's an opportunity that we're going to end up being able to get as much value out of this again we just bet it now because if he comes back and has a game and it's like, boom, they just won a game, that's going to minus 500, minus 600 um, overnight. So I don't know how you feel about all of what I just said there, but how do you feel about the minus 250? Should we bet that? And do you feel like LaMelo is probably going to be a shoe in to go ahead and uh, get that rookie of the year? I would bet that just for the simple fact that I think that he's going to be guaranteed, you know, to win, you know, rookie of the year award now that he'll be back you know, within a week, week and a half or so, uh, when he, you know, ended up breaking his wrist and the time he missed, you go back and look at it, he only missed probably 15, 16 games. So I don't think that's a, you know, significant amount of time to miss that would disqualify him for, you know, uh, winning this award. And when you look at the second, you know, the second player with the best odds, Anthony Edwards, and I like what he's done, you know, the last few months, but he just hasn't nearly had the impact on his team when it comes to the win column as, you know, LaMelo. And, you know, to be fair, you know, they he is still a rookie and he will continue to get better. But as far as, you know, comparing him to LaMelo, um, LaMelo just had that impact, you know, once he, you know, stepped onto the floor, you know, for the Hornets. Um, you could kind of see it with his coach was either trying to hold him back a little bit or taking the old school hard nose approach of, you know, making him earn you know, everything that he got. Um, but once LaMelo got on the floor, you know, consistently and got, you know, more comfortable each game he played, there was just no denying that um, how good he was, how talented he was, and how much of an impact that he had on his team, especially when it came, you know, to the win column and, you know, just getting and keeping, you know, everybody involved because they do have, you know, some talent on that team between, you know, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward when he's healthy, Bridges and P.J. Washington, you know, they could, you know, give a give a team, you know, a good run and be competitive. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, LaMelo and, you know, the way that he thinks the game, the way that he plays the game, the way he approaches the game. And with him coming back, 
I think because how he plays, you know, impacts the game in more than one way than just scoring. I don't really see him, you know, taking a lot of time, you know, to, to get back in the swing of things as long as he has, you know, enough games, you know, to play to to kind of get his win back as far as like his uh his stamina and, you know, and knocking off, you know, some of the rust, you know, since he's been out. But yeah, just with just with the odds now, you know, minus 250, you know, you, you were mentioning that we was on this at pretty much at the beginning of the season when he was a uh, when he was a plus uh, plus money. Um, now to see all the way at 250, you know, it's still still good to bet, you know, just for the simple fact that I think he's going to be a guaranteed winner for the rookie of the year. Um, but other than that, you know, just knowing that, you know, the value that we, you know, once had at the beginning of the year is gone. But, yeah, I do think he's guaranteed to win that award. And it's not a crazy, you know, a crazy amount to lay, you know, to get get some cash back on that. You know, I think the only way that, that we probably get cheated a little bit is over the next week, maybe Edwards goes out and has, you know, a couple monster games, you know, maybe some highlight, you know, highlight type of type of efforts and things like that. Like maybe maybe that would bring the odds back down or LaMelo gets hurt and then the ticket could be in trouble. But if he comes back and he starts playing again, I tell you, I'm, I'm, it's my gut feeling says that that just shoots way up and then it's it becomes unbettable. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. Sounds like Smooth's in agreement with me. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give LaMelo Ball out again to go ahead and win Rookie of the Year. I think that that right now is a solid bet. I would bet that, you know, up to like minus 300. As I said, you can get that on DraftKings right now, minus 250. You can get that on FanDuel at minus 280. And obviously go ahead and look for, you know, the best price possible. Let's jump into one of our games here, Smooth, before we get to our next topic. Uh, let's talk about the Bulls and the Cavaliers. You have a play in this one. Bulls are going to be minus one and a half. You have a total of two eleven and a half. Which way are you looking in that game? Um, I'm liking the Bulls. Uh, there was a little bit surprising to see them struggle a little bit. You know, once they made the trade to bring over uh, Vucevic from the Magic, you know, they was pairing them with uh, Zach Levine and having two All Stars, and you know, a pretty a pretty solid coach when it when it comes to you know just being you know a playoff team and a competitive team and, and Billy Donovan. You know, with, with the rest of the players that they had on the roster, you know, but they've been playing a lot better lately. They won their last two. One of those games, you know, was against the Cavs. You know, they won by 10 without Levine. And then they beat the Celtics on the road uh, without Levine when the Celtics had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the lineup. Um, so winning that one was a pretty impressive win as well. So I think they're kind of finding their stride. Uh, Billy Donovan made a couple adjustments. You know, to the lineup, uh, moved uh, Lori Marketing to the bench, and I, I really like Lori Marketing. The last couple of years, he was really showing his versatility, being a big that could uh, be that stretch forward, that could step out and knock down uh, that three and, and drive to the basket. But he just has just been, you know, in and out of the lineup, you know, dealing with some different injuries, and I think it serves him better right now to come off the bench and play against other teams' second units and. Uh, uh, Vucevic, you know, paired with uh, Daniel Tice, who they, you know, traded uh, for, you know, with the Celtics, is a better, you know, better fit right now. Um, and Vucevic, you know, he's been playing really well since he's been uh, with the Bulls. You know, they've been, you know, playing through him since Levine's been out. And, you know, guys like Patrick Williams, rookie out of Florida State, Thaddeus Young, even Kobe White, you know, from North Carolina, been playing a lot better. So I'm going to lay the one and a half with the Bulls. This matchup is also like a divisional matchup. 
with the Cavs, and it's been more favorable to the Bulls than the Cavs. You know, they're 20-6, and six, you know, against the spread. You know, the last 26 games they played in Cleveland and 15-6 and six against the spread, you know, overall over the last 21 games. So I think the Bulls can pull out pull out this win and cover as, you know, small road favorites. Yeah, I like that, that marketing comment that you made. I think that, you know, one of the things with him in general is he's very similar to, like, you know, Vukovic is that, you know, he can go ahead and play inside if they need him to play down there and, and bang with the big guys, but he could also go ahead and move out of the paint. Both guys can, and they do have a, a pretty decent mid-range game. So I think that that works well with the Bulls. It wouldn't make any sense to go ahead and have both of those guys out there on the floor. You know, when when I looked at this game, I, I my first knee-jerk reaction was go ahead and bet the Cavs, and then after you kind of give me your handicap, I'm like, all right, makes sense. And then you and I were talking through some uh, teams that, you know, could could or could not make the playoffs. You know, you made a case, you know, that the Bulls have a chance to go ahead and, and be something special maybe, you know, when they get Levine back. But really what the decider for me to just be like, yeah, he's probably right. Stay away from the Cavs is the fact that, you know, the Bulls have won more road games and the Cavs have won home games. So, you know, with your, you know, with what you mentioned with these teams matching up, that the Bulls have gotten the better of, you know, the better of the two. There's no way I could go ahead and back the Cavs. I would be with you on this one. I think the Bulls understand, you know, where they sit right now is, you know, they have to, these are the games that they have to win. They can't go out and lose against teams like Cleveland because then it just puts them behind the eight ball to go ahead and, and you know, miss the, miss the playoffs. But, you know, the fact that they can keep themselves above water, you know, until Levine comes back and then once he gets back in the mix, Maybe they could rattle off a couple of important games um, that they need to win, and, and maybe they will find themselves in a favorable situation to go ahead and make the playoffs. Uh, my, how about my game here? I got the Wizards and the Warriors. Warriors going to be minus two. Uh, you can find some two and a halfs out there. Super duper high total in this one, two thirty nine and a half right now. I'll take a strong lean on the Wizards. I like the way that they're playing right now. I think this team's focused. I think they're eyeballing maybe a potential playoff spot. Now, look, I know Curry has been, you know, going bonkers, but smooth. Do you, do you feel like is this out of the ordinary for him? I'll ask you plain and simple, and you can just tell me: Is Steph Curry the best shooter that you've ever seen play the game? Because he is to me. Oh yeah, definitely, hands down, without a doubt. Um, to me, uh, there's no disrespect to guys like I've seen before, like Ray Allen. Reggie Miller, not quite old enough to to remember Larry Bird or see Larry Bird in his prime, but just seeing Steph, um, haven't seen anything like him, because there's always been one uh, a shooter, a player that's labeled as a shooter. You've been able to do, you know, one thing well, whereas you can you know catch the ball, um, shoot off the catch really well, or shoot off the dribble really well. Well, with Steph, he can he's elite at doing um, both of those things. But then his range is unlimited. And you hear a lot of people, a lot of analysts on ESPN and things like that that, you know, cover the games say that he's changed the game, but they don't really explain how so he's changed the game. But he just stretches out your defense to wherever he wants it. Everybody, you know, falls in love with his ability to shoot the three, but he's also an underrated finisher at the rim with his ability to finish with either the right hand or the left hand, uh, his floater, his mid-range. So, he really just picks the defense apart and whatever you give up, um, he's very smart at reading, you know, what you're giving up. And then he's able to beat you at whatever you're giving up, whether it's the three, the mid range, him coming off a down screen or finishing with a floater. 
he's just uh, amazing to watch. Uh, he's must-see TV. He's having, you know, a historical season. I think he has seen something recently to where he just broke uh, Kobe Bryant's record or something like that for a 30-point streak within a season. And he's a player that's averaged like 39 points, you know, in a month or 40 points in a month by shooting 50% from the field or something like that. You know, he's he's just been on an unbelievable tear. And, you know, in this game uh, with the Wizards, it could be some fireworks between him, my guy Russ, and Bradley Bill, all three of those guys involved in the game. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be something, it's gonna be something that you don't want to miss. You know, for me, like when I think about Curry, like I felt like he's done this before or something very similar to this. And the fact that he's doing it now, I got to be honest with you, I'm not surprised one bit. Um, am I impressed by it? I'll say I'm just impressed by Steph Curry. I'm not really impressed by this by this run because he's going to do it again. Um, and I, and I, I think that you probably agree with that, that we're going to see something to – this again with him because he's just he's Steph Curry so I don't want to take anything away from him and what he's been doing but you and I we had a a play the other day we like Philly against this Warriors team and we we thought that you know Ben Simmons might be the deciding factor to kind of slow down Curry well unfortunately you know for for that game it was kind of a a wasted handicap and time spent because turned out Simmons ended up sitting Tobias Harris ended up sitting and then Curry went bonkers but now, one of the things that you and I had discussed about this particular game is the fact that, you know, you think maybe Russell Westbrook might end up matching up with Curry. We know Russ has the motor. Do you think, like, Russ could probably go ahead and at least slow Curry down defensively, you know, because somebody's got to slow Curry down in order for, you know, for that team to lose. So, you know, the fact that I like the Wizards, I need somebody to slow down Curry, and you obviously think that, that Russ probably could be that guy that, that might match up against him. What do you think? Um, I think that Russ would be the the one player on the Wizards that would end up on Curry the most. But as far as slowing him down from an individual standpoint, I don't think that it would be. I don't think it. I don't think that he'd be able to do that. I think it would be something that the Wizards would have to rely more so on a, on a team defensive concept to you know uh, you know funnel try to funnel uh, Steph into into the paint to where they have, you know, bigs that can challenge a shot and, and do their best to defend without fouling. Because over the the last 10 games, you know, the Wizards' defense is actually, you know, top 10 in defensive rating and opponent effective field goal percentage. And they don't really have one, you know, legitimate shutdown defender, but they really do it from a team defensive concept thing. Um, that's why when um, we gave out the handicap, you know, for the Sixers-Warriors matchup, I felt that, you know, the, the Sixers had a stronger chance to to slow down Curry because they had an individual defender in the Ben Simmons that um, has the length and the athleticism and quickness to kind of keep up with the Curry. But then he also has the elite defensive team concept behind him. But once he was, you know, once he sat out, you know, all bets were off, even though our bets was already in. We just had to watch Curry, you know, you know, go off again. But I think with the Wizards, they're going to really rely more so on uh, a team defensive concept. Uh, but I do think that Russ will be, you know, the guy that ends up guarding uh, Curry, you know, the most, especially, you know, in the second half. 
You know, one of the things I thought of smooth, and I don't know if you would agree with me with this. This is probably more of like a conspiracy type of thing that I that I had thought of. You know, for me, I feel like like Russ has a chip on his shoulder for certain players and certain teams. And I feel like he probably does have a kind of a chip on his shoulder for maybe Curry, but more or less just the Warriors for, you know, bringing KD in there, winning a title. And it was like, oh, you, you know, another reason you can't play with Westbrook, this da-da-da-da-da, whatever the case might be. But I feel like that kind of fuels his fire. And if he does get stuck on Curry, it's like, do you want to be the guy that had to guard him again, you know, for his, you know, 14, 40-point night in a row? Like, I just have a feeling like, if Russ is going to be the guy to go out there and have to, you know, deal with him, that Russ is just going to step up, and that's just kind of a gut feeling. But look, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like the Warriors in this spot. Uh, it is another road game. The Warriors are playing well. I just feel like if you can get somebody like Russ to go out there and, and at least just minimize, you know, what Curry could do um, from doing, you know, a whole lot of damage, and, and uh, as you mentioned, his, his range is unlimited, but. You know, just try to keep him out of his range or out of his comfort zone. I don't want the two points. I don't even want the two and a half points. I'll play the Wizards on the money line. I think they win this game outright. Smooth, you and I had a long conversation when it came to Coach of the Year stuff and it came to teams making the playoffs. And I was looking at FanDuel and and I wanted to hit you up. And I was like looking and I'm like, the Wizards to make the playoffs right now on FanDuel are plus 360. Well, that team right now, they're currently tied with the Bulls for the 10 seed. And I'm looking, and I'm like, all right, and I'm looking at Indiana, and they have Indiana at, like, minus 120. I'm like, how the hell is Indiana at minus 120, and the Wizards are at plus 360? I'm like, if you put Washington and Indiana on a neutral court right now, I would favor Washington in that particular game. But the fact that I could get plus 360, um, it's just drawing me, you know, into Washington. Now, we had discussed a lot of teams. You know, we talked about the Bulls. We talked about Charlotte. Uh, we talked about Indiana. But how do you feel overall, you know, with, one, the price? But how do you feel about the Wizards potentially making, you know, making the playoffs? If they get in as a 9 or a 10, um, you're going to have to win two games, you know, with the play-in. But I feel like maybe the only team that could really give them a threat would be, like, the Miami Heat if they had to face them for some reason in the play-in. But I think they could certainly get past a team like Charlotte, Indiana, Chicago, maybe even Toronto if they somehow some way squeeze in there. But I feel like there is value right now on the Washington Wizards to make the playoffs. So I'm going to put a little pizza bet on those guys at plus 360 to go ahead and make the playoffs. How do you feel about Washington as a potential playoff candidate? Um, I like that. I think the Wizards are going to get in the playoffs, so I would take that with you. But just real quick to circle back to that war uh, to that Warriors Wizards matchup, just to add on to you know your play with the Wizards, I would back you on that. But something that I really love as well in that game is uh, Westbrook to get a triple double. Uh, his last game, the odds on that was minus one sixty. I think that's still a good price to bet. Just a couple of months ago, this was plus money. But if you look at you know what Westbrook is on pace to do, he's on pace to to break Oscar Robertson's triple double count as far as like for a career. I think he's only about nine or ten away, either nine, nine to tie, ten to break it. And over his last um eleven games, he's had ten triple doubles when these teams last played, uh, I want to say back on uh April 9th in Golden State, 
he had a triple-double. He went for 19, 14, and 14. And the total set pretty high, open 240 at 239 and a half right now. So there's going to be a lot of points, fast pace, and things like that. So I think there's going to be a perfect setup for Westbrook to get another triple-double. So I would play that in that game. But getting back to the Wizards making the playoffs, now I was looking at that group of that 7 through 10 for that playing spot, and it was the Heat, Hornets, Pacers, Bulls, and the Wizards uh, tied with the Bulls for the 10th the spot. And we was talking about, I think the Heat are going to get that seven spot. If they're in that playing situation, they just have to win one game and they have it. But as far as the Wizards, you know, out of those other teams in that group, I think they're the best team. You know, they have the most firepower uh, between, you know, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. I think they're playing the best coming down the stretch. And the team I think that could fall out of that out of that group would be the team that's, you know, favorite to make the playoffs is the Pacers because, you know, they're, you know, a defensive anchor and the, you know, best defender, uh, Miles Turner, he's going to miss, you know, some games dealing with a toe or a foot issue. And when he was out of the lineup, you know, it's just a, like a, like a free throw, like a layup line, you know, to the basketing, you know, guys getting whatever they want, you know, in, in the paint against them, the wizards, you know, with that backcourt, uh, clicking like it is with between Bill and Westbrook. Do like the pickup that they got from the Bulls and Daniel Gafford. Um, he's been an instant impact as soon as he touches the floor on the offensive end and defensive end with the way that he rebounds and blocks and uh, challenges a lot of shots at the rim for them. Scott Brooks has even came out and said that at some point during the rest of this season, you know, he's going to, you know, step into that starting lineup. And if you've watched the Wizards at all and watched him play, you know, you'll be able to see why. Also, Davis Bertans, he's been, you know, being more consistent and more reliable with his shot as well. So I am de- I would definitely jump on that odds for the Wizards to make the playoffs and either, you know, grab that eighth seed or that 10th and final uh, playoff spot. I think they're the best team out of that group. And I, I do think that they will make the playoffs as long as they stay healthy. Now, we talked through this for – I don't know, man. We talked for like an hour through this. So uh, you guys probably would have enjoyed listening to that because Smooth and I were kind of making the sausage there. But we we both agreed that, you know, the Hornets more than likely, they're going to end up in a playing game. Uh, they're, what, sitting in the eighth seed, but they're four games ahead of the Bulls right now. And with the limited amount of games, the fact that LaMelo comes back, uh, we kind of feel pretty comfortable that the Hornets will probably, you know, at least be in a playing game at the minimum. You know what, Smooth? There's something that, we didn't even mention, and I'll mention it to you, and then you're going to go, that's the play we need to make. We both agreed that the Heat, more than likely, they're going to end up probably with the seven seed. I think one of the reasons why the Pacers right now are probably minus 120 to make the playoffs is the fact that they have, what, 15 games left? Ten of them are at home. Five of them are on the road. But you were adamant. I mean, you kept pushing back and pushing back and pushing back, and I'm like, you know what? All right. You know, Smooth's making his case with 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 the Pacers here. And then you started to make your case for the Bulls, being that you thought the Bulls out of those two teams, the Bulls and the Pacers, that the Bulls would outlast Indiana. And I'm like, all right, well, explain why. Because I was worried a little bit, you know, about, you know, Levine. And I was worried a little bit, you know, about, you know, just Chicago's, their schedule in general. And you went through and you're like, well, you know, they just beat, I think they beat Boston or somebody like that, or maybe it was Miami. And you were like, you know, they're playing good. You know, you really liked Gafford. But what about this pick? Why the hell don't we just bet Indiana to not make the playoffs at minus 106? We know they're going to be in a playing game more than likely. 
they're going to have to win a game, and there's a potential that they have to win two. So if they have to win two games, like what are we worried about the yes for when we could just bet them to not make the playoffs at plus 106? So we talked for an hour before, but doesn't that make a whole hell of a lot more sense to just bet Indiana not to make the playoffs? Yeah, I would take both of those, Indiana to not make the playoffs and the Wizards to make the playoffs. Um, Just going back, talking about this uh, Indiana team, you know, they're already without their best player from the bubble last year, TJ Warren. I think he's out for the rest of the season. I already mentioned Miles Turner's being out, you know, and definitely missing, you know, some games uh, coming up here. They only have, what, 14 or 15 left. Um, They're not playing that well as of, you know, right now either. Um, they're just coming off a, a home loss, you know, to the Spurs. Uh, Sabonis was out for that game as well, dealing with injuries. So I just think that in that group that they're in, you know, they're the team that's playing the worst at the wrong time and also the injuries piling up and, you know, things like that. And, you know, the Bulls and the Wizards, they're not only playing playing better than them right now, they just have more offensive firepower with uh, the Bulls having two All-Stars and Vucevic and Levine will be back soon. Bill and Westbrook. I know Westbrook didn't make the All-Star team this year, but there's no denying that he's an All-Star, superstar caliber player, especially when he's healthy, uh, especially with what we've been able to see him do you know, the second half of this season. So I think that the Pacers would be the team that would drop out of that. We also talked about the Hornets, you know, them, them playing well, and they're going to get LaMelo Ball back soon. So, yeah, I definitely play that um, Indiana to miss the playoffs on top of the Wizards to make the playoffs. All right, guys. So we'll go ahead. We'll give those two picks out. Uh, let's go ahead and play. The Wizards are going to make the playoffs. A nice plus price here at plus 360. And then let's go ahead and let's play the Pacers to miss the playoffs at plus 106. One of those teams, have, are, in my opinion, are going to have to win two games. And give me the plus 360. Uh, if Indiana has to play two games, they're going to be in trouble, especially if they have to face off against somebody like Washington or if they have to face off against the Heat. Uh, I just don't know if there's a good matchup for a team like Indiana, you know, with all those teams in that group. So um, I, I'm surprised, Smoothie, that you and I didn't even bring that up before. And we, I mean, we literally, guys, we talked for over an hour probably just about playoff teams, and uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't even cross our minds. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a minute. If I'm playing this team to make it, then why don't I play the other team to miss? So I'm um, glad I brought that up. Uh, all right, so that wraps up the that wraps up that game. Smooth, so why don't we talk a little bit about the Hawks and the Knicks, and we'll talk a little bit of Coach of the Year because that was another hour conversation. Guys, we started our prep at, like, I don't know what time it was, right around midnight. It's now 3.30 a.m., and we talked for about an hour on Coach of the Year. And Smooth and I, we feel pretty confident that, you know, we're going to give you guys a valuable pick here. And we talked through this for an hour, as I had mentioned. The Hawks and the Knicks, the Knicks are going to be minus one and a half here at home. We know how well this team's playing. We just talked about, you know, the last time that they won seven or eight games in a row was going back to, you know, 2013. I don't have a particular pick in this one. I'm going to go ahead and pass. I believe Smooth was going to go ahead and pass in this game too. But the reason why I wanted to bring this game up was, you know, before I talked to Smooth, I was thinking about Tom Thibodeau as coach of the year. And my my argument for that was that, you know, who thought the Knicks would be here? Their team total was, you know, was really low. That team last year only finished with 21 wins on the season. But the fact that this team now has won seven games in a row, there's a chance it could be eight in a row. 
a lot of people were looking at the Knicks as just another bottom feeder team in the league. You know, idiot owner and Dolan who just, you know, can't, he can never seem to do anything right. The Knicks can't do anything right. But I feel like Thibodeau, he righted this ship. And I don't want to say by himself, but I think Smooth would agree. Like he's getting the best out of these guys. And these are, you know, a lot of these guys on the team are quote unquote journeymen. But in reality, you know, they are professional basketball players. There's a reason why they're in the NBA and why they've been on rosters for a number of years. And it seems like Thibodeau has pushed his team to, you know, perform at it, at its best and, and for these players to play their best. You know, they have the number one defense in the league. And I was like, now I'm just going to tell Smooth Tom Thibodeau, coach of the year, 11-1. And then we started looking and we started discussing some stuff. Here are the coach of the year odds right now. Right now, Quinn Snyder is a slight favorite. Uh, he's right around minus 130. And then you have Monte Williams for Phoenix sitting at minus 105. Tom Thibodeau, he does come in here at third at 11-1. to Doc Rivers at 11-1. to Smooth just jumped all over. He was like, Doc. And I'm like, why? And he started to make his case. I don't want to steal his thunder, but we'll kind of talk through this. I'll give you guys the reason why I don't think Quinn Snyder probably wins and the reason why Monte Williams probably won't win and the reason why Tom Thibodeau probably won't win. But I can't make an argument on why Doc shouldn't win. So, Smooth, I'll let you go ahead, talk about Doc. You can talk about the MVP thing that we talked about. So why don't you go ahead and make your, your case for Doc to go ahead and be coach of the year this season? Yeah, Sleepy, when we uh, initially started talking about this, we were trying to find ways to the value for Tom Thibodeau. And, you know, 11-1 seemed kind of far-fetched, but I think he does definitely deserve uh, some consideration just given, you know, what he's been able to do with this team. The reason why I like Doc is because, you know, the Philly has been, you know, number one all season long. And you mentioned I brought up the, the MVP being tied into it. Pretty recently, in the last five or ten years or so, who's ever been, you know, named the MVP, Coach of the Year award, it's kind of gone hand in hand to where they've, you know, been top three finishes or better, you know, for both MVP and Coach of the Year. And when you look at a guy like Embiid, he might not be the favorite right now. Jokic minus 400. I'm not really buying too much into that because they're obviously Jokic has the numbers and he's going to have a, a, a great opportunity to, to strengthen that case playing without Murray. But Embiid has been at the top for, you know, a long time now. He's back and he's playing and, you know, he's dominating. And I think that would be my pick for the MVP. And when you look at a Doc Rivers, uh, the narrative for this Sixers team before this season was, you know, can Embiid and Ben Simmons, you know, play together or, you know, you have to trade one. They can't play together or the team – is just easy, just isn't reaching their potential, you know, the last couple of years. And, you know, when Doc came in, you know, I don't think anybody really picked them to be uh, legitimate title contenders over a team like Milwaukee or even a team like the Nets, even before the James Harden trade, or even a team like Miami, who is the, you know, uh, reigning Eastern Conference champions. And we're, we're coming back, you know, more experienced, healthier, uh, getting Dragic back and Bam back. You know, they're young guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero getting a little bit older. So I don't think people thought that Philly would be sitting at sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference and being a legit title contender. And you got to give a lot of credit to that for Doc. Um, him coming in, taking over for Brett Brown and implementing his system that not only um, has 
Embiid and Simmons playing well together, but you got to look at a guy like Tobias Harris, who Doc had in L.A., who played well, who's playing well again for him in Philly. And when you just look at Doc's track record with what he's been able to do with talented teams, he uplifts them and turns a talented team into a title team. You know, you look at his odds at 11-1, him sitting not only first seed in the East right now, they also have a shot to finish, you know, the number one record overall in the league. I think they're only maybe two, two and a half games out of that behind uh, Utah and Phoenix. So if they were to finish with the best record overall in the league, I think that strengthens the uh, chances for Embiid to win MVP as well as strengthen the chance for Doc to win Coach of the Year. And then you come down to Defensive Player of the Year, it also has a shot at Ben Simmons and Embiid uh, to win, you know, that award as well. So um, my pick would be Doc. I think he has the best value and the best chance, uh, the more bang for your buck, so to speak. Uh, so I like his odds at 11-1 over anybody else. And you've talked to me right into that. Let me circle re- real quick back to um, the Washington Wizards, and then I'll pick right back up again here with the coach of the year. There was a key piece of information that I think that we left out that Smooth alerted me to uh, earlier on we were doing our prep. But Smooth, we were talking about the Wizards' schedule and I believe you had said that they had like the third easiest schedule left in the league. Is that correct? At the All-Star break, they had the third easiest schedule and the remaining games left 15 or 16 or so. They have the second easiest. All right, cool. I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there for our listeners to kind of understand like why we were also back in the Wizards. Kind of wanted to throw everything back at you. As far as the coach of the year stuff, let me go ahead and make my case against. Let, let me start out with with Monty Williams. I think he's going to be one of the easier ones for me to make my case against. The fact that Phoenix Suns right now, they played, I think they played 32 home games and only 25 road games. That team has a very tough schedule coming down the stretch. And I actually believe that the Clippers are probably going to end up taking over the second seed and the Suns are going to fall to the third seed. Well, here's what happened. When when Utah went on that, that run and they just remained in the first seed, and it was like Utah, Utah, Utah. Monty Williams was actually the favorite at that at that point. And once they went on that run, Monty Williams become the second favorite. If they fall back into the third seed, it's like, you know what? Nice season, Monty Williams. Great job. They're going to do the same thing for Tom Thibodeau. Nice season. Great job. And then I believe it comes down to Doc Rivers and it comes down to Quinn Snyder. Now, Smooth pushed back on me for a good half hour with this one. And I said, look, I said, if you take Utah and you take Philly, you know, and you make them both the one seed, which team would you say would probably end up being a one seed more than the other? I said Philly um, probably wouldn't be the one seed. I, I could see Utah. And the reason being is, like, I felt like Quinn Snyder has been there long enough, and he's had this team, you know, in that four, five, six range. You know, I felt like, you know, with Conley being there and being healthy, that there's no reason why they shouldn't have been a good basketball. But with Philadelphia – you know, I kind of felt like a one seed was not going to happen. I talked to Smooth. You guys heard me on this podcast. I even, I think I even bet Smooth and said, look, I think Philly's going to finish, you know, fourth, fifth seed, third seed, somewhere down there. And I was wrong about that. But I feel like, you know, Philly with, you know, the way that they failed the last couple of years and then the fact that, you know, as Smooth had mentioned, you know, talking about maybe getting rid of Ben Simmons and trying to bring in hard and how are you going to do all this stuff. Doc hasn't worked with these guys, but yet again, they still remain, you know, the number one seed. But if you look at the schedule for Utah, and let's not forget the fact that Donovan Mitchell 
is going to be out for, I'm guessing, an extended period of time. And then you take a look at Philly's schedule. I have a feeling that Philly finishes probably tied or potentially one game back from having the best record in the NBA. So I asked Smoove, I said, Smoove, if both of these teams finish with the best record, how could you not give it to Doc? And then we started talking a little bit more, and he was talking about the MVP thing. And let's just say Jokic gets it. All right, cool. They give it to Jokic. The defensive player of the year right now, the favorite, is Rudy Gobert. That's a Utah Jazz guy. The sixth man of the year right now is Clarkson. He's like minus, you know, 560. And then you're going to give it to the head coach who, you know, kind of had the squad, in my opinion, to be the one seed. And Doc Rivers was like, here you go, Doc, figure it out. And he got the best out of Ben Simmons. He got the best out of MV. He got the best out of his team. And I feel like if these teams could end up with the, the same exact record or maybe Philly's just one game behind and they give these awards to not Embiid for the MVP, not Ben Simmons for Defensive Player of the Year, and they end up finding, you know, Gobert and Clarkson getting these awards. And it's like, well, are we going to give it to Quinn Snyder? It's like, I just feel like Doc Rivers would get slighted and like they have to give, they have to give something to Philly for doing what the hell they did this season. And at 11 to one for Doc Rivers, I feel like, man, it's like, it's hard to pass him up if these teams become neck and neck. And you could say, hey, yeah, Donovan Mitchell was out. That's the reason why Philly came back. But look, Embiid missed 15 games or something like that this season. And they still rattled off all these wins. So uh, I, Smoove and I are in agreement here that if we're gonna if we're gonna make a bet here on coach of the year, we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna take a look at Thibodeau and say, you know what, nice season, probably not gonna get there. Monty Williams, in my opinion, should be the number two guy or the number one guy. Uh, but I think Doc Rivers has the most value. I don't think Quinn Snyder is gonna get it. I just I just don't believe that he will. So Smoove, you want to go ahead and wrap up anything else? I, I we talked forever. I know there's probably a ton of stuff that we talked through that we missed, but Doc Rivers at 11 to one, I felt like you and I, you know, after a little bit, you know, we were in consensus and, you know, you talked me right into that one and we just started, you know, digging and digging and digging. It was like, yeah, that's, that's the guy, that's the bet we should be making at 11 to one. So uh, I'll let you go and wrap up coach it here. What else you got? Any thoughts that maybe I might've missed? Yeah. I just think that's a real solid bet. Um, When you mentioned that he had the same odds as Thibodeau and he's sitting at the number one seed and was pretty much been there all year. You know, they also had to deal with a a stretch of of COVID uh, guys in and out of the lineup and and Embiid missed, you know, a handful of games and they were still rattling off wins. He's just seeing different guys step in and step up. Um, You know, Doc Rivers uh, really respected around the league, well known around the league. And just to throw in another factor on um, to add to the to the story, to the narrative, because the NBA likes a good story. Um, just seeing how much blame and criticism that he caught for how the Clippers went out, you know, um, last year in the bubble, you know, to the Nuggets and, um, you know, seeing him, you know, get get the ship right in, in Philadelphia. He deserves a lot of praise for that. And I think he's going to get a lot of praise for that. And especially uh, iron out whatever type of uh, chemistry issues that Embiid and Simmons had before he showed up. You know, you heard throughout the media. Simmons is holding his team back because he doesn't shoot threes and this and that or whatever the case may be. But, you know, he encouraged Simmons to 
uh, play to his strengths and, you know, play around the basket, you know, be the best defender, keep getting your teammates involved, turn him back into, a, you know, an all-star, a consistent player, uh, confidence in his game, as good as he is. You know, I think he's one of the five best point guards today without shooting threes. You know, he encouraged him to be himself. And they're the number one seed playing well. And Doc deserves a lot of credit for that. So uh, I think there's a strong case for him to be coach of the year, especially if they finish with, you know, the overall best record, you know, in the NBA while, you know, being pretty much at the top of the East, you know, all season long. All right, guys. So there's our case. Doc Rivers coach of the year, 11-1. That's what we're going to do. Smooth, I got a trivia question for you. I just want to see how much of a basketball junkie that you are. Back in 1999 and 2000, there was a head coach that won Coach of the Year for the Orlando Magic. Do you know who that possibly was? Yeah, that was Glenn Doc Rivers. It was. Yeah, Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill. I think they made it to the first round. It was up 3-1 on the Pistons team that ended up winning the championship that year against the Lakers. There you go, my man. Smooth. (laughs) All right, so there you go, guys. You got a bunch of... Some useless knowledge, but he also got some good good picks there uh, from the both of us. Smooth, he's going to go ahead. He's going to back the Chicago Bulls at minus one and a half on the road against Cleveland. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Wizards at home. I'm going to play them on the money line. And then we're going to go ahead. We're going to give you guys LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Uh, bet that now. We have a feeling that's going to go sky high eventually. Then we're going to go ahead and give you guys two playoff picks. Wizards to make the playoffs at plus 360. Pacers to miss the playoffs at plus 105. And as we had mentioned, we'll close it out there with Doc Rivers, coach of the year at 11 to 1. Smooth, awesome podcast. I really wish we, uh, you know what I'm going to do next time, man, when we get into this? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to hit the record button when we go ahead and make the sausage and we have our two hour conversation because that was, uh, in my opinion, that was probably one of the best and, and most enjoyable prep hours that i that i had with you just just going through and just talking you know nba and uh you know you teach me a lot of stuff and and we just chop it up man and we figure stuff out so feel pretty good about these picks that we gave you guys today hopefully hopefully all our guys will be in the lineups tomorrow for the games that we gave you but with that said you guys know where to find me on twitter sleepyj underscore pregame you know where to get smooth on twitter as well at smooth underscore 702 and you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with that said I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Wednesday enjoy the games